His father put his wrath upon his son in our stead, then that means that none of us, none of us who are saved can ever be condemned for sin because Christ condemned sin in his flesh. And when he rose again, he rose for our justification. Everyone, everyone can't handle this. Sinning again has nothing to do with anything else because Christians, not one single Christian, not one single Christian, when they become, when they come to faith in Christ, not one of them stops sinning. If you believe, if you believe that when you become a Christian, you stop sinning, you are deceiving yourselves. You are lying to yourself. You can't think without sinning. You can't walk without sinning. You can't blink without sinning. Sin is all around us. All around us. All the time. Thoughts. The, the, it is not just... See, people get caught up in the acts of sin. And they don't understand what Paul talks about when he talks about concupiscence. You can be, God will condemn people for the tendency to sin. All you have to do is have the tendency to sin, which stems from a sinful nature, and that is enough to condemn you because God cannot look on sin in any way. If there's a possibility, if there's a possibility in you to sin, even if you don't actually sin, the possibility is worthy of an eternal condemnation. That is how holy our God is. And man wants to make God like man. We can never stop sinning. But what is happening once we become believers? What is happening is a process referred to biblically as mortification. Mortification means that we are always dying to the flesh. And at the same time, always being renewed in the faith. Mortification is the process of believers, of dying to the flesh and then being renewed in the faith. So, those people, and there are so many Christians, who believe that they lose their salvation, they base it on this lie that they have told themselves, that they have been convinced of, that if they come to Christ, they come to him for salvation, somehow they got the wacky notion that when you come to faith in Christ and receive that salvation, that sin stops for you. It does not. It absolutely does not. 
It doesn't. As long as you are in this body of death, as Paul called it, you will wrestle and fight and struggle and resist sin until the very last day when the Lord takes that last breath from you and you enter in through death's dark doorway into that heavenly holy place. The thing that we believers need to endure and need to overcome is allowing ourselves to become weighed down with a burden that Christ has already borne for us. Christ has already done it. He's done it all. See, too many Christians like to say he did it all, but man can still lose their faith. That a true Christian can lose. Listen, men do lose their faith in God. But the faith that they lost was not a faith that came from God. It was a faith that was fraudulent. It was a faith that was not based out of love for God or out of fear for God. It was a faith that people were looking to him to satisfy something that they need to have in this earth, in this world. They want stuff. I am always trying to communicate to believers one thing. and Because you have to be real about this. Being a Christian is the hardest thing you will ever do. Ever. Being a Christian is hard. Somebody asked a question. What about free will? Now, that's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Somebody asked, what about free will? If man, if man, well, let me back up. Let's define and qualify free will or the freedom of the will. What is that exactly? For most people in 21st century America, it just means that I should be able to do whatever I want. Free will is never taught in the scripture. There's no doctrinal thesis for a free will in the scripture whatsoever. It's not there. It's not there. Let me read something to you. For any, any of you who may have your Bible with you, I want to uh, read something. Paul says this in Romans chapter 9. For God said to Moses, verse 15, Romans 9, God said to Moses, I will have mercy on whoever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whoever I will have compassion. Now, all of you, especially the person who asked about free will, Romans 9.16 cannot say it any better. Paul says, 
So then, meaning that since God will have mercy on whom he will have mercy on and have compassion on whom he will have compassion, then he goes on to say in verse 16, so then it is not of him who wills, nor is it of him who works or runs, but it is of God who shows mercy. Your salvation, if you have it, has absolutely nothing to do with this so-called free will, which does not exist. Now, I will admit this. You can have free will within the confines of a certain, of certain parameters. Let me give you an example. If you put a fish, a goldfish, in a fishbowl, that goldfish can swim freely, but within the confines of that bowl, number one, and within the confines of its nature being that of a fish. If you take a dog and you put him in your backyard and it is surrounded by a fence and you may live on an acre or a half acre or 50 acres, your dog can run free all that he wants. All that he wants within the parameters of that fencing. 